Hey friends, happy Thursday. Welcome to August the 25th and today's episode of Enough for Today. We are going to finish Psalm 58. <clears throat> and I got to say, in our journey, and I think we're probably more than halfway through the Psalms now, this is probably one of the more uh, difficult Psalms and one of the more bizarre in its pictures and its ideas. And yet the big idea is uh, often throughout the Psalms, the big idea is justice, that God is going to write the record and um, he's going to take care of wicked, corruption, evil things in high places. And this gives us comfort, okay? There's uh, three players in this Psalm. There's God, of course, who is sovereign and just. There are the wicked the wicked are those that rebel against God and do their own thing, okay, which all of us are born that way, but through the New Testament grid of the gospel, through the mercy of God, those of us that have come in humility and repentance and uh, sought God's forgiveness through Jesus, we're declared righteous, we're exonerated. So that's the third group, the righteous, okay? So there's God, there's wicked, and there's righteous. Those are the three players. It's important for you to remember that um, with God, there are not good people and bad people. There, uh, it's not about behavior. In God's economy, there are guilty people and there are those that have been declared innocent. Okay, And his terms for those, for those two people, those kinds of people, are wicked and righteous. Wicked are those that do sin, and that's you and me until we are forgiven. Righteous, there's none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3. All our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah said. So um, we are born in sin. We are unrighteous. We're wicked by, de by definition. But by grace and mercy and faith, by trust in Jesus, we can be exonerated, declared innocent, and declared righteous. So we can be moved from being the enemy of God to being the child, the adopted son or daughter of God. All right, now that's important to bear in mind as we're reading this psalm. David has is indicting the congregation of people and the governance of the people, Saul and his corrupt government, for their hypocrisy. In their heart, they're working wickedness, and they're distributing violent means throughout the earth. Okay, this is happening even as we speak. But God is, number one, always righteous and always just. He's the, right now, he's the restrainer of wickedness. Sin can only go as far as God permits it. Uh, and until the final judgment, he's restraining. But once he comes in final judgment and justice, the, fight, the victory will be swift, it will be certain, it will be comprehensive, uh, it will be celebratory, and that's what we come to today. So David in verses 6 and 7 and 8 um, and 9 is praying for God's intervention and justice. Verse 9 is, is somewhat of a promise. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. So God is going to intervene faster than this uh, fire of thorns could heat up the bottom of a pot. I mean, and these thorns are flammable, and this is how they would uh, either either uh, create these pots or cook through these pots. 
And so there's an image here of rapid, fiery judgment, justice, okay? And a whirlwind. It's going to sweep through. It's going to be instantaneous, the wrath of God. Now, remember, we've talked before about the wrath of God, that it is a good thing, that God's wrath is always righteous. It's always pure. It's always just. So the best modern word for it in our sense of things is justice, because we all understand injustice, and we all understand the cries for justice. And uh, Micah commands, do justly, okay? Love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. So we are to love justice. David in the psalm is anticipating final, swift justice, and this is a good thing. So let's pick it up at verse 10. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. So let's just pause there and let's meditate on the fact that, first of all, are you righteous? That's not about your behavior. You, if you're sitting there going, well, I'm, you know, I try, I'm a pretty good person, that's not it, okay? The only source you have of righteousness in God's eyes is the righteousness that has been conferred upon you by faith in Jesus, okay? In and of yourself, you are not and cannot be righteous. You're guilty. I'm guilty. But Jesus steps in and says, I'm righteous. Let's trade. I'll take your guilt. I'll give you my righteousness. We say, how, do I, how does that work? He says, I'll take your guilt to the cross and I'll die the death. I will bear the vengeance that verse 10 talks about. You see, if you're righteous, you're not going to be the recipient of God's judgment or vengeance because Jesus already received that for you, okay? So vengeance uh, is passed over you if it's passed to Jesus. And Jesus says, here, take my righteousness. I'm going to robe you. I'm going to clothe you in my righteousness. In the eyes of God, you will be judicially exonerated. You'll be declared innocent. It's an act of mercy and grace that is received by faith, by trust, through humility, admitting we need it, and then placing our trust in it instead of our own goodness. So that's who the righteous are, okay? Those righteous people, hopefully you, shall rejoice when you see the vengeance. There's going to be a moment in your future that you will witness the sweeping whirlwind of God's just anger and ex executive wrath, abolishing corruption, abolishing wickedness, abolishing corruption and deception of all levels in all parts of our society. And you're going to be absolutely elated. The, the, there's going to be emotions involved and those emotions are gonna be explosive joy. You will, we will rejoice. Now, David is, is uh, having this in the sense of his own reign or his own coming kingdom. And he knows God's gonna intervene and there's gonna be a revival of rejoicing that the oppression has been broken, okay? Um, and the next phrase is direct, it's bloody, it's ugly, but in an ancient sense, it's just another expression of rejoicing. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Now, there's two, two aspects of this I want to highlight. The first is that um, it's an ancient idea that the battlefield is a bloody place, but once uh, the righteous, has, righteous have been vindicated and the oppressors are dead on the battlefield, uh, those that walk through that battlefield, they are walking through the blood of their oppressors, and there's great celebration in that 
total victory. This was something that Israel experienced many times when God brought victory. So it's an image that's foreign to us, but it would have been very real to them in terms of the demise of wicked, diabolical, oppressive, brutal people that would have brutalized them. And so the idea of walking through the blood of those people was a joyful thought, okay? Um, A joyful thought to ancient Hebrews. Verse 11, so that a man shall say, verily there's a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judgeth in the earth. So verse 11 is where David lands, okay? And the righteous man is going to say, there's a reward for the righteous. There's hope for the righteous. There's an end, there's a happy ending to this brutal story of us marching through time and seeing the winds of oppression and wickedness uh, blow across the world generation after generation after generation and genocide to war, to conflict, to oppression, to slavery, to enslavement, to uh, sexual exploitation, to uh, brutality of every imaginable kind, okay? There will be an end to it. God will bring swift destruction and the righteous will celebrate it and will experience the reward of it. Why? Verily, truly, absolutely, he is a God that judgeth in the earth. So my friend today, you can take hope and I can take hope. You watch the news, you're going to get discouraged about corruption and lies and deception at all levels of government and around the world, okay? But when you look into the word of God and you look up, you see, verily, he's a God that judges the earth. So follow him, live out loud, live in love, and anticipate one day God's going to bring it all to a glorious conclusion. Until he does, let's live on mission. Happy Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.